one of the things that I wanted to lament and chew on today was something that came up over the weekends on uh, how many great holiday memories I have as a young person and, and even as an adult. Tis the season to reflect on such things and just wanted to share some of the thoughts and ideas in my head. Um, this is, you know, maybe just a historical recollection of my memories that Christmas has passed. As far as I can remember, um, Christmas time is always a wonderful time of year uh, with my family and my childhood home growing up with all the accoutrement. Uh, related to the season, uh, Christmas trees and decorations and Christmas music in the air and tasty delights and festive hearts all around. Uh, my mother was and is very much a um, gifted decorator, seasonal decorator and general decorator and she has a crafty nature inside to her that uh, I think came naturally but also is a craft that she continues to hone and practice so there was always decorations and just the spirit in the air as it relates to homemade crafts, homemade baked goods and music. I remember Christmas music playing. Uh, I never remember a time period, you know, people saying, oh, it's too early for Christmas music. Uh, it was always a welcome sound, I recall. Uh, that's where I first learned some of my love for, I guess, the, the older crooners, the older uh, big band era musical acts. Uh, Perry Como was a music uh, Christmas album that was played in, in my house. I remember a record of it. Of course, Elvis, uh, some of his Christmas stuff. Um, Eddie Arnold, I remember we had several tapes of his. One of them was a Christmas album. Gene Autry, Frank Sinatra. So my exposure to those classic artists were first at the uh, Christmas season and then as I got older kind of dove into the catalog if you will but I uh, I guess one of my earliest Christmas memories I might have been first grade uh, so what age is that six five six or seven I got for Christmas a Knight Rider uh, kit car complete with Michael Knight action figure, and this car was sweet. I wish I wish I knew where it ended up or where it was, but on the back license plate, you could push down the this little lever, and the, the car would make sounds from the television show, like, easy on the turns, Michael, or, you know, I am kid, you know, and get that humming noise. 
I remember that. Um, G.I. Joe's and things like that. There was always, um, well, my grandparents, I always remember Grandpa and Granny Miller, my mom's parents. I can't recall a year where they weren't with us at Christmas. So they would usually come down Christmas Eve. And, you know, as kids, we were spoiled rotten and we knew the Millers were coming with gifts and of course we would lose our ever-living minds on the best behavior of course but they would come Christmas Eve um, usually during the day at some point and they would stay the night with us they were usually there Christmas Day or they'd stay with another uh, grandparent but traditionally we would go to church together we would go to the first baptist church and so it'd be my family mom and dad siblings grandpa grandma miller we would always go to christmas eve services together and to this day one of my greatest memories is you know doing the candlelight service you know and singing some of the the classic christmas hymns but my grandpa Miller had a, a bass baritone voice, more of a bass. And I just remember how boldly he would sing and how resonating his voice was. And, you know, to a young man hearing that deep voice, you know, singing above your head, uh, it was surreal. Uh, even now I think about, you know, uh, Silent Night and that candle flickering and just hearing my grandpa sing and that was uh, just a beautiful thing. Uh, so we were always together, but then what would transpire is we would leave church and go to my great-grandparents' house. This would have been the father and uh, stepmother of, of Grandma Miller, Hubert and Helen, and so they had a house up uh, in the town I grew up in, the area was called Maple Heights. It was a housing area on a hill above, above the city. Grandpa had some property up there, and every year he would make like a Christmas star and put it on the property. So if you were downtown uh, in several points in the town, you could look up and see the Christmas star that he had on, on his property. Uh, so that was very cool, but then we would go to their house, get together with all my mom's side of the family, whoever was around, my, my aunts and cousins and, and things like that. But um, the Houstons, um, Helen, she was not um, per se a blood relative. But man, did she treat us like we were one of her own. She spoiled us to death, just lavished us with gifts. Again, spoiled us rotten. So we knew anxiously sitting in church on Christmas Eve that we had to get through church because there was a great deal of presents and festive uh, events waiting on us. And... Uh, 
one of those times where you'd stay up real late, you know, until the news reports would show, you know, Santa Slay or Rudolph running around type of thing. Always some great food, great memories, and just uh, stories and voices that rolled through my head that uh, always bring a smile to my face and some of the commentary that would happen uh, at these get-togethers. And, uh, it was always a big deal for us kids. Uh, while the adults might partake in some traditional champagne, uh, champagne toast, Christmas Eve, uh, Grandma Houston would always have kids' wine for us, what we called it, uh, you know, like sparkling cider and uh, sparkling grape juice, and we'd drink it in a wine glass and just thought we were the bee's knees. Uh, great memories, good times, uh, photographs in my head that will linger forever, and, and I share that with the idea that, again, I know that the Christmas season is not always a festive time for everyone, and not everybody has great memories, but I was blessed beyond measure with a lot of people that loved me and cared for me and to the point spoiled me to the point to where I was probably undeserving of any gift that someone would give me, but they would still lavish their kindness upon myself and my siblings and just it was it was really great. The evening would culminate at uh, you know, midnight or so and uh, if there was snow on the ground, we would make the trek down Maple Heights uh, with snow on the ground and a station wagon loaded with presents and anxious kids because Santa Claus is coming. We would go home and, of course, jacked up on excitement and anticipation, go to bed, and grandparents, the Millers, would stay with us. We'd wake up the next morning and dive in more, uh, you know, more presents and good times to be had. Um, as I started to get older, started to piece together this idea of this Santa Claus character. I remember trying to stay up late to see if I could hear anything. And, you know, you'd hear the occasional ho, 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 and the rattle of presents. And the times that, you know, my dad and grandpa may have stayed up late putting together a basketball hoop or a trampoline for us as kids. Uh, and then maybe uh, watching the parents and grandparents kind of work off the holiday cheer in the morning with some coffee and uh, things you look back. That makes sense now. Um, so we would hang out at our house and celebrate with everybody that was there. Um, then we would go to Grandma Coy, Grandpa and Grandma Coy's house. Uh, so usually the Millers would stay or they'd hang out with the Houstons. And by the time we got home from Grandma Coy's, they were usually gone. Uh, but over at Grandma Coy's, Grandpa Coy's, that was a family of eight siblings that my dad's a part of. And so that family and all the nieces and nephews and grandkids, everybody there, we had so many people packed into that house at times. It was remarkable. Uh, enough food to feed a football team and 
presence and hijinks and carrying on and uh, getting all jacked up on holiday cheer and trying to work up our grandpa Coy so he'd get in his uh, drill sergeant voice and, here now, hey, hey, calm down, here. Uh, but again, it was always very positive, a great environment, good times. And, you know, as a kid, you never wanted to see it end. You never wanted to leave. But you also knew if you went home, you had some other cool stuff to do. Um, there was always, uh, I guess, a sense of belonging and welcomeness that I don't know. Felt like home. Felt good. One of the times um, I remember, I don't know if I was a junior in high school. I don't know. So at that point, um, you know, churches, they do special music or whatnot. I think maybe I sang a song, I don't know if it was Mary Did You Know or Oh Holy Night, but I remember all my family was there. Um, my great-grandparent Houston's, they would always go to their Presbyterian church, but on this occasion they came. Of course the Millers and, and my folks and then uh, family from the Coy side. Uh, I remember my Aunt Leah and Bill were there with their little little baby Alyssa. So, yeah, I guess that would have been, I guess I would have been 16 or 17. But they were all there, and it was one of those memories, I think, how many pews that we filled up and spent that Christmas Eve together. So I always think about that. But, uh Fast forward to Christmas, I guess, as an adult, you know, having a family, great memories of, you know, playing that uh, present giver role with my kids and uh, all the goodies and treats that we would have lined up for them and their anticipation and Sometimes just the chaos of wrapping paper flying everywhere. And we've got some videos of it. And I you know, just remember the kids, look what I got. Check this out. This is what I got. Look what Santa Claus brought me. Um, good memories. Um, with my wife and my kids and... Um, as I kind of roll into the next chapter of my life, I have some great examples of, you know, how to be the, the parent to growing children and maybe someday how to be the role of a grandparent like I had, um, you know, for my kids someday if they so show that path. Um, December 24th, 2003 is the day Grandpa Coy passed away. Um, he was going through some cancer treatment and 
complications with that and uh, I was at work and remember getting the call from my dad that uh, along the lines you know it's not looking good you better get up here if you want to see him type of thing so I remember leaving work like at maybe 10 or 11 that day uh, driving to Mansfield and by the time I got there my grandfather had passed um, but my dad was there and my grandma and some of my aunts were there and you know I just uh, that'll always be in my memory of spending that you know Christmas knowing that a loved one had passed um, one of grandpa's well I don't know if it was one of his favorites but the man loved bacon and he was always good if us kids were around uh, bacon sandwiches and I remember that Christmas break and holiday having a couple commemorative or uh, bacon sandwiches in memory of, of grandpa uh, but then also having a, a funeral over that break um, our kids at the time I guess Abby would have just been a baby still and my two older kids were I guess four and two maybe five three five and three and I guess one of the things that I guess I would have done differently when he passed I don't think we took the kids to the calling hours or the funeral not thinking that they would understand but then I felt like as a parent we were trying to you know not overload their little minds but you know even days later weeks later talking them through it they were able to process and understand and um, so part of me I we probably should have had him there but didn't but um, I remember the funeral being a nice nice funeral and uh, just a, a decent opportunity to get all the family together again and wish it would have been under better circumstances but you know that's how that goes sometimes but One of the things that Grandpa Coy and Grandma Coy, they owned a separate property from their primary residence. Uh, we affectionately called it the hill because that's what it is. It's a property on the side of a hill, about 40 acres. And the very top of this hill is a cabin that Grandpa built uh, that uh, had intentions to be maybe a residence for him and his wife at some point but that never came to light um, but that place was a backdrop of tremendous amount of family memories uh, just great coy family get-togethers uh, parties and anniversaries and campouts and fires and hunting and all sorts of great stuff uh, at that place uh, 2008 or 9 uh, my wife and I made the decision to go up there to have Christmas with our kids um, so when they were 
you know, young enough to experience the idea that even Santa Claus could make it up the hill. That was kind of fun to play with. Uh, we went to Christmas Eve service with my folks at the, the church I grew up at and then made our way up the hill. Um, it had snowed that day. And so we're going up to the cabin, you know, it's, it's dark at that point. And, uh, the one last major leg of getting up the hill, the, I guess I would call it the hardest part. At the time, I had a four-wheel drive um, capable Honda Passport. You remember one of those? And I got just to the top of that hill to kind of clear that big hurdle. And I don't know if I hit a rock and, of course, kind of did a bounce. And then literally started sliding down the hill backwards with zero control. <laughs> Uh, I remember the kids kind of getting a little worked up and uh, just kind of let it do its thing. I kind of steered the best I could and uh, made it to a decent stop without going off to the, the edge of the, the drive and getting stuck. Thinking about that, we could have had to get towed out, but didn't. Uh, I was able to put it in four-wheel drive and get up there. And of course, we had all the kids' presents stowed away in the car and they went to bed, uh, you know, brought out all the presents. So we had a nice little wood-burning fire going. The kids there did some decorating of a pine tree that was outside, strung some cranberry and popcorn on the, on the tree. And, uh, I remember Abby had some... Uh, reindeer feed that we sprinkled in the in the yard and then got up the next morning and had Christmas at the cabin with the kids and then eventually went to go see my folks so that was a that was a great memory plenty of of great memories a lot of mine too you know around family but also the the sounds of the season love music Love some of the great Christmas tunes. Um, you know, even there's some cheesy ones, but I really tend to go towards the old hymn style uh, songs, but even some of the modern stuff, like, well, I wouldn't say modern, but one of the classic albums for me is the Carpenter's Christmas album. I know that's probably a cheesy one for some, but just love that sound, love that. Uh, I guess album and era in the sound that it produced and uh, it's a throwback to Christmas memories um, I think what's interesting this Christmas for me in a couple aspects I mean here we are in December we're only what uh, I don't 13 days, 13 days away. Um, in some aspects, it feel like it's, it's snuck up on me. Um, but I've also been able to enjoy the moments of the anticipation of the season and maybe 
maybe for me as I continue to age and grow in my life and my my journey, um, it has different meaning. Um, I guess maybe more of a reflection and more of a I guess the essence of the season and, and what it means. And there are plenty of good explanations of the season. You know, you boil it down to peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And, um, you know, it's a time of year to reflect on how we can serve others and you know, I know we don't probably always do it well throughout the year. I think historically we do a good job of thinking about those less fortunate than us this time of year. But it's also something that we could do around the year. Um, so that mindset of, of serving and helping others should continue. But again, for me, I think it's, it's changing in my in my head, in my approach of what it really means, you know, historical records. Um, Jesus wasn't born in December. Um, it would have more than likely been a summertime birth. Um, so the secularized version of that, we kind of get that wrong, but it is what it is. It's the time uh, to commemorate. Think about that, but. The idea of the redemption of God's creation came through this ultimate sacrifice, and it had to come through a child born of interesting means. And, um, the story doesn't end there. You know, one of the things that I roll around in my head that, you know, the reason Jesus biblically has to show up on the scene uh, is because of what happened in the beginning and how sin entered the world and how sin became a part of our of our life and the, the reference in Genesis about how God created an Adam and Eve and they were to live in harmony in this garden in this perfect world but still they were tempted with this idea of being godlike and you know Knowing the difference between wrong and right uh, is what separates us from uh, God's other creation. So part of that story is, you know, the, the devil himself shows up and, you know, there was one tree that Adam and Eve were told not to eat from. And that sly serpent uh, showed up to the tree and presented it to Eve, and Eve presented it to Adam, and we've all taken a bite. Uh, our first father took a bite, and we still struggle with that today. Uh, I think it's interesting that, you know, Apple products show the bite out of the apple. So is that biting into something and learning knowledge, or is it a throwback to the fall of creation? Uh, makes you wonder. Uh, but many interpretations have always been Oh, well, it was the woman that brought sin into this world. She was tempted and then tempted Adam. And, um, she was a part of the story, but so was Adam. Adam, if you 
read the scriptures were standing right there and did nothing, did nothing to intervene or speak up or say don't. Uh, so they both knowingly took a bite. Um, and so God's creation, uh, man and woman, how woman plays a, an incredible role message that continues today and you know there's a lot of churches out there I think wrongly express the idea that women can't be ministers and, uh, women can't be a leadership I, I don't believe in that um, and I'll say that scripture proves uh, time and time again the role that women have played in this redemption story in their faithfulness and so have men uh, but I find it interesting that, you know, the very creation that turned on, on God, uh, the way to redeem that creation is to bring, uh, God incarnate in human flesh through a virgin and how that woman played a role in this and how women were also the ones when this story of the baby doesn't end there. It's about the death resurrection and when the disciples were all hiding in fear it was women that went to go find the empty tomb and came back to tell the men he's not there you know so there's this continual role but um, one of the beautiful songs that we like around Christmas time is silent night oh silent night holy night beautiful song um, great words but there's also a reality that it wasn't a silent night. It was a young girl, a young mother giving birth. Um, Andrew Peterson has a, an album called Behold the Lamb of God. And one of the songs, I can't think of it right off the top of my head, but basically it starts out, it wasn't a silent night. There was blood on the ground and the screams of a young mother could be heard. Um, so, so that redemption entered into this world just like any other struggle uh, in birthing that, that others have had time and time again. Um, when we were in Israel, you know, we've always seen kind of the quintessential nativity scene that looks like a barn. Um, that depiction could be accurate, may not be accurate, but uh, chances are if there was a stable uh, or a barn, it more than likely was not a structure made out of wood. It was kind of like a, a stone cave type of dwelling, get the animals in out of the elements. Um, and it could have been a, a wooden stable, but there's also interpretations that it would have been, you know, something like a cave. And so we had some opportunities to see some of that. You look around in that environment, and even centuries ago, you know, we have doctors and hospitals and nurses that help with the birthing process, the afterbirth, and, you know, medical attention that happens thereafter. And here this woman... Um, noble man and, a, and an honoring woman 
started their family uh, amongst the animals. And for me as a germaphobe, then I also think, all right, well, she's giving birth and there is um, some potential wounding through the birthing process. They were not in the most sanitary conditions to welcome a baby into the world, but it happened. Uh, and I, I tend to reflect on that, that there was no uh, ice chips or uh, medicine or, uh, you know, means to lessen the pain that, that went through. It, it wasn't there. So it was a young couple really resting on faith and, and following the message and the words that God passed down through them. So, But part of that season, again, it's a great time to reflect. This is where the story starts, but it doesn't end. And, and maybe that's where I'm at in my life. That As a kid, uh, I think it was the Christmas story, but the, the kid calendar is based on December 25th and the apex of excitement and pure electric joy uh, at that time period uh, for a young mind and awaiting that gift and awaiting that that time, uh, it continues differently as we age because it feels like the years go by quicker um, and it becomes like a, a flash in the pan of your moment. You know, and we close our eyes in December and open our eyes and it's April, you know. Um, anyhow, I feel like I'm rambling. But that's what this is. So, I guess if you're listening to this and you care, um, there's a great album out. It's by... Uh, Andrew Peterson called Behold the Lamb of God. He has a new, I guess, version of it that's been released on all streaming platforms, uh, which is good, but I, I think he made this like 10 years ago, uh, and I haven't seen the original copy on the streaming platforms. I'm sure you can buy, in a, buy a hard disk copy. Uh, I know he was selling some vinyl ones of it. Uh, but the one that was made 10 years ago, the original one, there used to be some, some YouTube videos on it. That first one, uh, I just thought it was better for whatever reason. Maybe it was, it impacted me at that point, but just basically telling the story of how this all came to be. And he's got lots of great albums. Don't let me stop you there, but even to the point to where one of the songs on this album is Deliver Us. Uh, Deliver us, O Yahweh, hear our cry, and gather us beneath your wings tonight. Um, you know, talking about the birth, the coming of this Messiah meant some freedom for the Jewish oppressed. And you know, deliver us, Lord. You promised this Messiah, this kingdom. And, um, there's another song in there about um, will there ever be a king like this? You know, so the, the, the Jewish faith asking for 
deliver us from the hands of Pharaoh, and you give us Moses. Well, Moses isn't good enough. Then they wander the desert, and, you know, because we did not follow God's commands, his his covenant, you know, the, the, the laws towards God and the laws towards people, they wandered the desert, and then the, uh, you know, the priests, and then begging for, you know, a warrior king like David, you know, will there ever be a better king than this? Uh, and then as David passed on, and then Solomon comes onto the scene, and will there ever be a better king than this? And then the kingdom falls. That's some of the story of the Jewish tradition. They, they've always been enslaved or taking over in one form or another. And then, you know, again, the promise of Isaiah that, you know, the Redeemer will come, but he'll bear no glory, um, no beauty. Um, he won't stand out uh, and despise that people would turn their face on him. But that's where the new kingdom would come through. It wouldn't be a kingdom of force and might, but a kingdom of humility and, and grace and, uh, you know, this kingdom ruled by sacrifice because all the sins that needed atonement couldn't be covered by men. We, we couldn't do it. There's not enough lambs to slain to cover our sins that we have every day, but Jesus became that ultimate sacrifice to cover one and everyone. And so that kingdom now is operated and run through the power of prayer and intercession to Jesus Christ on our behalf and the gift of the Holy Spirit trying to navigate and manage this day-to-day -day world. So I don't know where I was going with that, but that was my rant for today. Uh, Christmas memories and just really this season isn't about gifts. Uh, really, it isn't about family or turkey or pies. It's about this concept, this idea of, of a kingdom greater than what we try and make here on earth on our own. It's this stepping into this kingdom of Christ, this uh, communion with Yahweh, this communion with Yeshua and God, and uh, making steps to, to bring this kingdom into our everyday life and everyday walk. So, that's what I know for today. Right, wrong, or indifferent. I think I'm about at the 40-minute mark. So, hope you have a great day. Hope your day was well. I hope your spirits are lifted in this season by uh, acts of generosity. Um, that's one way that we can show the true meaning of this season by, by serving others, extending grace, loving on others, uh, and just being in the moment. There's so much chaos. I know people with young kids, you know, going here and there, going to this event, family, the parade, all the trappings and the shopping and the cooking and the baking, but just sit in the moment. Don't 
don't look ahead to the next event. Be present. You know, when you're at your in-laws or when you're at your work party or when you're at your church or shopping with your wife or husband, just be in that moment. Enjoy that moment together. Find the blessings in that and, you know, express that and share that. A thankful heart is a grateful heart. And when we even see the things like, thank you, Lord, for a job to buy this food that we can share with our family. Thank you, Lord, for silly things like a car and gas so we can go hang out at Costco with thousands of other holiday revelers. and um, Just be thankful in that moment because right now we have this air in our lungs, this very moment. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed. Tomorrow isn't promised. So suck up every ounce of love and joy and share that love and joy with others. So that's it. Hope you have a great day and see you next time. Bye-bye. Tranquility base here, the eagle has landed. Tranquility base here, the eagle has landed. Tranquility base here.